and we welcome you to the Thursday morning show on WGTD. I'm Gregory Berg, happy to be sitting opposite uh, Brian Albrecht, the president of Gateway Technical College, paying his final visit to the morning show for 2019. We were just reminiscing about how many of these programs we've done over the course of his 15 years, soon to be 16 years as president of Gateway. Once a month, uh, you've been paying these visits to the program, and it's always fun to be able to do this. I can't believe it's the last one of the year for 2019, Greg. The time goes so fast. and. Now, speaking of fast, I mean, 15 years just flew by. Yeah. I, I feel like it's almost a day one. I'm learning so much about Gateway and the communities we serve and exciting times for all of us and uh, certainly for everyone here at Gateway Technical College. So good morning. Very good. Good to have you here. Thank you. We'll uh, introduce our special guest in just a moment. Uh, we're very excited to uh, have our guest. But first, a couple of Gateway items that I know you want to talk about, including uh, the end of this semester and the start of a new one coming up in early January. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's uh, so many unique activities that go on at Gateway, but nothing is as special as graduation and the completion ceremonies that our students go through. And just this last week alone, as we ended our semester last Saturday, I had a chance to attend our nurse pinning ceremony, uh, largest graduating class in the history of Gateway. 85 nurses graduated. Wow. We had over 800 community members attend the event. It was really very special, and I think something that um, is important for our community to, to remember is that it takes students a lot more sometimes than two years to graduate from Gateway. So there's a lot of compelling stories about challenges that students have gone through in order to complete their degree, and great to have that. And later this morning, actually, we're going to we're gonna, uh, swear in uh, some new police officers at our Law Enforcement Academy graduation. Always an inspiring event, and all the all the police chiefs uh, attend, and it's very patriotic and very emotional for for families to see their sons and daughters graduate as police officers. I'm so thrilled that last week we also graduated our GED, HSED, English language learners, and it's really remarkable. And and when you run on a three semester calendar, there's not any one set day that's graduation. It's like every 15 weeks there's another group completing. <laughs> so very proud of all of them. Congratulations yeah. to all our grads. Feels good to see that happening. You bet. I also know that you want to. Uh, highlight a couple of different partnerships uh, with Gateway that you're very excited about, and I'm especially intrigued to know what the partnership is with eSports. Tell yeah, us about this is, that. You know, I'm learning about it myself. Uh, so sometimes things, the world goes really fast and you don't really pay attention all that close, but eSports is computer gaming uh, in our schools. And so colleges and universities and high schools all across the Wisconsin, the nation, the globe are, are competing against each other in computer games. And so Gateway is going to announce today, a little bit later at our college board meeting, uh, that we are going to also start eSports so our students can, can uh, form a team and then have competitions and have a chance to demonstrate and practice their skills around computer gaming. And some people might ask, well, what does that have to do with uh, education and why are we paying for all of that activity, right? Well, it's coding, so it's computer coding. It's team building skills. It's a, a way to take a look at future careers in broadcasting. And there's uh, an actual competitive market for it. There are scholarships, and I know Marquette University just announced their new scholarship program. It's a, it's a varsity letter sport, actually, at Marquette. Wow. Milwaukee School of Engineering. So whether you're in IT, engineering, or just like uh, computer games, um, eSports is a way to bring the community together around uh, educational initiatives and give students a chance to, to demonstrate their skills and then leverage those into a career. Very good. Finally, I know you want to tell us about the Ford NGL partnership. That's another one you're going to have to explain to me. Right. I mean, so, I know what a Ford is. Yeah, there you go. Right. And it actually is based on uh, Ford trucks and Ford cars. They have a foundation 
uh, that helps to build academies. So you may have heard of yeah. the Academies of Racine. Yeah. So Ford NGL has partnered with the city of Racine, the school district, to create the Ford NGL Academy Partnership. And uh, we are going to be serving as a convening agent for the Racine Unified Schools and Ford NGL to build community um, advocacy and community awareness around helping students experience college life and work-based learning programs. So partnership between K-12, the two-year technical college, and our business partners to establish relationships where students can go back and forth between the three entities, gain some work experience, get some college credit, and graduate from high school. So really excited about that. We had a team um, this last week actually at the National Conference to get more information and we're going to invite uh, Cheryl Carrier, the executive director for Ford NGL, back to Racine this spring. We'll sign our official MOU between the three parties, and I'll invite her to be on our radio program yeah. with us, so you'll get to meet Cheryl. Very good. Looking forward to that. Thank you. I'm looking forward to m- meeting our special guest who is right with us in the studios. Uh, so tell our listeners uh, why you have invited uh, Kelvin Alfaro today. So you might remember, Greg, um, several years ago, Jack Keating was a chancellor at UW-Parkside. Sure. And Jack uh, was the inspiration behind an initiative for the state of Wisconsin called Campus Compact. It's a national organization, but Jack was really the the champion to help build a Wisconsin contingent, and it's a collaborative effort between two-year, four-year public and private colleges and universities to build the ideas around service into our programming. And uh, so Jack invited me, and I was really proud and honored to be able to serve with him on the board for Wisconsin Campus Compact. And eventually Chancellor Ford took over that responsibility. So between Jack, myself, and Debbie, we've had a long tenure in developing relationships around service learning. And uh, in that process, um, we, we've gone through several uh, renovations or, or adaptions to Campus Compact, and it's evolved quite a bit. And so recently we hired a new uh, chief executive, uh, Calvin, and I invited him to share a little perspective on how that organization has evolved, how it's changed, and what it means to two- and four-year campuses across the state of Wisconsin and how we can improve civic engagement and student involvement in our communities. Sounds great. It sounds like... Very, very laudable goals indeed. So it's uh, great to be able to welcome to our studios uh, Kelvin Alfaro. Uh, and uh, you are executive director of the Wisconsin Campus Compact. So uh, we're happy to have you here on the morning show. Uh, let's begin by having you uh, uh, tell us a little bit about where you are from originally and uh, kind of your professional pathway that eventually took you to Wisconsin uh, Campus Compact. Well, thank you both for having me here today. I am excited to uh, hear and share my story. Uh, Yes, so I am actually new to the state of Wisconsin. Uh, I'm originally from California. Uh, And um, I'd like to really share a little bit about, you know, sort of my path in this, uh, uh, to this role. And so um, I usually like to start that with uh, sharing a little perspective and story about where I'm, I'm true, my, my country of origin, which is El Salvador. So um, I came to the United, the United States in 1993 uh, when, uh, after my family sought refuge in the 80s from the civil strife that was happening in El Salvador. And the story that was shared to me was that uh, of transitioning from a third world country to a first world country. Uh, and the reality was that I transitioned from a third world country to a third world community within a first world country. And uh, and so that has really colored my experiences in life and has really shaped where uh, I position myself uh, in my career. Uh, 
So um, I have always been very uh, grateful for the opportunities that I had from the faith-based, from the nonprofits, from the higher education institutions and mentors that I had that really have led to where I am today. Hmm. Um, I really feel that this experience of uh, growing up poor, of growing up in a rural disadvantaged community is something that is shared by many other community members throughout the United States, um, but also here in the state of Wisconsin. And so um, uh, so I, I really think that there's a lot of resonance to that. Um, is this your first visit to Wisconsin, though, the first job? You, you grew up in California. That's got to be a little bit different to move all the way to Wisconsin. It is. Uh, it certainly is. It is my first uh, six months in, in the state of Wisconsin. Uh, like I mentioned before, then I was in California, sunny California, all the time. Uh, and uh, to wrap up the, the first question on uh, my history, I, I was going to share that um, my uh, background is has been in the nonprofit sector. I've spent 10 years with California State University, um, sorry, California um, Central Valley Community Foundation, uh, in which I was the director of uh, programs and evaluation. Uh, and then before that, I was with United Way, and then I had a long-term partnership with California State University, Fresno, doing civic engagement work with their nonprofit management training program. Wow. So you've had a real passion for this for a long, long time. Uh, I mean, for, even from the early part of your life, you had a sense of what can make a difference in people's lives and wanting to be an agent for that. Yes, giving back to the community and really um, helping to co-create access to opportunity has always been a passion of mine. Yeah, very good. That is exciting when you think about the differences between all of your experience from El Salvador to California, different markets, different needs, all the way here to Wisconsin, and yet it's still about making sure that people have access to services and they understand how they can be a part of growing a community. And so there's values that are similar across the globe, and yet the experiences that people bring to it are so different. Mm -hmm. Very good. So uh, I think it would be helpful for our listeners if you would describe to them uh, what the Campus Compact is. How is it put together and who belongs to it? Yeah. So Campus Compact, um, as uh, Brian mentioned, is a national coalition of colleges and universities throughout the United States uh, who are committed to the public purposes of higher education. Uh, and so we build democracy through civic education and through community partnership. And so what that means for me is an opportunity to take students and uh, to uh, ha help them practice what they're learning in the classroom in a community setting through authentic partnerships, through really getting to know uh, the community members themselves. And I find that this is ex uh, especially um, exciting for me because uh, as we look at the lay of the political landscape in the United States, uh, we can see that uh, the the ability to converse with other groups that are not within your own group is such an important and needed trait. And so I think in addition to all the other benefits of uh, community-based learning, um, the opportunity to engage with others is such a critical uh, skill set that students get from this experience. And you're saying this is uh, an experience in which that can happen in a really rich way. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, and there's so many different venues to make it happen uh, at Gateway here, we call it our Civic Action Plan. So faculty are involved, students are involved, community uh, nonprofit organizations are involved, industry is involved. So there's a network of services and support within the community to talk about these types of issues and to have a platform and an organization where we can learn from other 
uh, educational institutions really helps add value to the enrichment experience that we provide students. So, for instance, Wisconsin Campus Compact, how many colleges and universities are we talking about that belong to it? Yeah, so um, I think I uh, shared that over the United States, it's about a thousand colleges and universities that are part of this network. In Wisconsin, we have about 25 colleges and universities uh, that are part of the network. Um, there's a great opportunity there, though, because overall, there's over 100 uh, institutions of higher learning within the state of Wisconsin. So we're just wow. beginning to make a dent in this. Oh, okay. So in other words, there's room for growth. <laughs> there is room for growth, yes. More schools becoming uh, part of this. Uh, uh, Pr President Albrecht has already kind of touched on uh, former UW-Parkside Chancellor Jack Keating uh, as being the, the person who, who really helped get this started. Did he help get this started on a state level? On the state level, right. Okay. Yeah, you know, he's very passionate, as, as I think all the presidents and chancellors have a sense of responsibility to help their students become good citizens. And some of that happens in the classroom and some of it happens outside the classroom and to create a forum for those two connections to come together and create an intersection. And Jack was very passionate about that and really helped to build, at least in our region, southeast Wisconsin, the identity of service and then uh, to carry that at the state level. Fantastic. So, uh, Kelvin Afaro, uh, do you end up having to have some kind of physical presence in all of these 25 different schools that at, at the moment are part of Wisconsin Campus Compact, or are you mostly sitting in front of a screen trying to <laughs> keep connected to uh, all of these different schools? You know, that's one of the most uh, exciting parts of my job is the ability to uh, connect with uh, in person with some of these institutions to visit and uh, observe uh, their campuses and uh, look at what what kind of exciting work that they're they're engaging their students in. So uh, yeah, the last six months I've spent traveling the state of Wisconsin. Um, I haven't finished exactly visiting everyone, but I have visited the majority of colleges uh, and universities that are part of the network. Uh, and that that is part of my role. My role I involves both in-person activities, like a big event that we're planning next year is called the Civic Engagement Institute for 2020, mm -hmm. where we bring uh, uh, faculty students as an opportunity to share best practices and what's happening within the state of Wisconsin. Uh, but I also do a lot of webinars and opportunities for faculty to learn and uh, infuse new new best practices into their work. I think it's your second or maybe third time already visiting Gateway. This is my second time here, yes. So we're really proud to have you back on campus. And I know the last time you were here, you, you actually had a chance to go out and visit with some other folks on campus and learn a little bit more about in this case, the technical college system. Mm -hmm. But are you finding unique differences between the technical colleges and maybe the four-year universities or the private universities? Yeah, I'm, I'm still learning a lot about the differences between uh, each and exa exactly how my support can be most beneficial to each of the different models. Um, and so it's it's been a, a good learning opportunity. Um, and I think one of the key differences that I've seen is that, uh, you know, the, the amount of time that's available for students to engage in this work and how that has to be different for technical colleges as compared to uh, students that are in a four-year institution. A very good point. Yeah, two-year degrees, uh, one-year diploma programs, there's not as much time that you're actually face-to-face -face with students. And in, in, our, in our world, that, and we actually have some really great partnerships with UW-Parkside as well. So students get to collaborate and work between the two institutions, and I think that continues to add additional experience 
for our students as they think about moving on to a baccalaureate degree or how um, the university students can participate in some of the more applied experiences that we have here on our campus. For those of you just joining us, today's morning show marks uh, President Brian Albrecht's uh, final monthly visit of 2019 to the morning show. And our guest, who is in the studio with us, is Kelvin Alfaro, who is executive director of Wisconsin Campus Compact. And this is a uh, state organization, actually part of a national organization, but the state organization uh, is a coalition of 25-some colleges and universities who are all engaged in uh, trying to uh, give their students very rich uh, service learning opportunities uh, in which part of their education involves connecting with the community in some really tangible ways. So, Kelvin Alfaro, you've touched on this already, but let's give you a chance to dig a little deeper into what some of the benefits are for a student uh, when they engage in service in the community. What are the ways in which their uh, educational experience uh, is actually enriched and enhanced. Yeah, so as I mentioned uh, uh, earlier, a couple of the benefits include the ability to practice what they're learning in the classroom in a community setting. Um, I think uh, the other most important benefit is that students get to develop uh, soft skills that are transferable from career to career. Uh, and so the opportunity to work together in collaboration with a team of their peers uh, as well as a team of other professionals in the community itself, is such an important skill. The ability to communicate effectively between them uh, is, is such an important skill that transfers from career to career. Uh, and so those are some of the, some of the soft skills that they, they get to learn. Uh, but they also get to uh, become better citizens, better informed about the challenges that are in their community and what they can do about them. Yeah, I think it's excellent, and I, I just can reflect a little bit on Gateway. We just completed our annual report, and uh, Maddie shared with me that there's over 10,000 hours of community volunteerism by Gateway students, and wow. it comes in all different ways, uh, Greg. So you may recall we hold a special event on campus for the Boys and Girls Club where they get experience in personal health and hygiene. They have uh, they get a chance to meet some of our law enforcement students. So they, they learn about self-protection, and so they're giving of their occupation and their career. We also have a really great international program, which is all based on service. So our nursing st uh, students will go to Nicaragua and provide health care services. And so we try to find ways to engage at the occupational level. And then, of course, this time of year, I mean, you see it on campus, right? We're doing food drives and clothing drives and, you know, uh, jacket, coat uh, drives and things and trying to find ways so that our students can experience our community in new ways and hmm. it's it's not just about collecting those items it's about then going to the different venues you know halo or the shalom center and talking to their leadership and what the needs are and they build that understanding and create a deeper value for the service they provide to our community when and i suppose just plain old awareness i mean oh absolutely of of, of, of what the community is who comprises the community and especially some of those pockets of the community where there are real needs. So you're not just hearing about it, but you're seeing it with your own eyes. Absolutely. Seeing it and being a part of uh, a, a maybe building a richer community, you know, by, by participating. And so it's, it's sometimes easy to stand on the sidelines and say, oh, I wish our community would do more. It's more difficult to jump into the game and say, let me help, you know, uh, and that's what this is all about. Very good. So, Kelvin O'Farrell, tell us about some of the resources that are uh, available through Wisconsin Campus Compact in terms of 
helping students to experience what we've been talking about? Yeah, so there's different levels of services that uh, Campus Compact provides, uh, uh, both at the national, Midwest, and also the state level. So I'll start from the from the top down. At the national level, we we provide a lot of different conference opportunities. Uh, one coming up uh, is going to be the Compact 20, which is our national convening for uh, not only presidents and staff to come together uh, and have a large conference where they get to learn and ex- uh, and um, uh, imbue new uh, skills into their work. Um, uh, we also have a, what's called a Midwest Campus Compact Conference that'll be happening in 2021. Uh, and then um, at the um, uh, a couple other services that we offer that are from the national office include uh, an AmeriCorps Vista program, which is an opportunity oh, yeah. to uh, uh, to access funding that allows students to uh, engage in capacity building projects within the university or within a nonprofit partnership. Uh, we also have the Newman Civic Fellows program that's available. Again, a similar fashion of um, allowing resources for a student to work on capacity building projects within the university. Uh, at a more local level, a couple of things that my position does include helping uh, institutions tell better stories about the impact of their work. Um, uh, we also do something that Brian mentioned earlier, which is the c- uh, civic action planning, helping institutions uh, develop a plan of action for how they will engage students and their communities uh, in this work. Uh, and then um, uh, another big thing is that uh, I, I do essentially uh, on-site tailored trainings and consultations for colleges and universities. I am a think, uh, thought partner that can help resolve and, and troubleshoot some of the issues that colleges and universities may be experiencing. I think it's Quite remarkable. There's a lot of resources and just yeah. a, a, sort of a tangible way to think about it um, <coughs> that just recently took part here at Gateway. So. Um, the uh, the Vista Volunteer Program. So that was an important aspect for us when we originally started. We wrote for a grant, and that's actually how we brought Maddie onto the campus. And then we ended up hiring her full time because she's an outstanding employee mm. and has a really vast knowledge in the area of uh, of engagement. Um, but one of the activities that uh, might be resonating with her people, we're also a partner with the United Way in helping build volunteerism for the Volunteer Tax Income Initiative, so the VITA program, which is a direct result oh, yeah. of Maddie's initiatives to get community engagement for specific programs. So the impact is system-wide at the college level, but it's also personal at the individual level when someone is able to get that support to fill out their tax returns and get money back and that they may not have had before, which adds additional income for the community. And it's a remarkable network of experiences, and you can't just pick one item out and say, oh, if we only did this one thing, it's, it's a domino effect uh, that affects the entire community. Yeah. It sounds like a lot of this is about building uh, a sense of civic responsibility, which is so important in this day and age. What would you say are some of the most important ways in which that takes place here? Yeah, so uh, different <coughs> colleges and universities uh, do this in different ways, um, but a lot of the, um, some of the low-hanging fruit when it comes to civic engagement uh, include things like uh, um, helping students, uh, you know, be registered to vote. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a voting drive. Uh, those are non, uh, non-political um, activities. And then uh, another one that's really important that will be coming up uh, in the next year is the census 2020. So we know a lot of uh, students go undercounted 
uh, when we look at census tracts in which in, institutions of higher learning sit within the state of Wisconsin, the majority of those census tracts are underrepresented. And partly is because students aren't really sure um, exactly how they should be counting. Are my parents counting me at home? Mm. Uh, I'm just here visiting temporarily. I, and so the importance of uh, uh, colleges and universities informing students about what, is, what does it mean to be counted and how does that impact the resources that are available in their community is such a critical component. And many of, many, many of them are already in doing some of that work. That is so important, too. And just the, the one idea, I'm glad you brought it up, Census 2020. Um, it's hard to even uh, imagine how important this is because it, it, it affects all of your federal aid, as an example. Right. Um, I, I heard just recently that uh, every single individual adds to about $13,000 of additional potential income for your community. So if you miss people or people aren't counted, that's less resource available for your community to grow. So it's important that we have access to the population density that we serve so we have equal access to the investment that it needs in order to support it. Right. And Kelvin Alfaro, because your own background is one that involves some poverty, and we know that communities of poverty often are undercounted in in census so i'm sure this is of of special in a sense personal concern for you right yeah it's um uh, i have been uh involved in promoting the census since the last one in california but importantly here uh, i think in wisconsin there's a great opportunity for improving the the uh, services that are available for people uh who are um of lesser means right so we've got to do what to be, we've got to do what needs to get done to get counted. Yeah, absolutely. What about uh, does does Wisconsin Campus Compact uh, uh, focus exclusively on people who are of a collegiate age? I mean, in the standard sense of the word, or do you think very much about even younger people already getting kind of a sense of engagement with the community? Is Campus Compact at all involved in that, even in a second-hand way? Um, most likely in a second-hand way and uh, with our uh, community partnerships with nonprofit organizations. Uh, but you're right. It, it, the, the, the point about anybody can be involved in volunteerism or service uh, is an important point to make because, um, you know, when you look at the statistics uh, around crime, um, it, it really boils down to how engaged are we with our neighbors? Do we know our neighbor's name? We know that po- uh, uh, crime decreases when communities have these social bonds that are strengthened by knowing who your neighbors are, talking to your neighbors. And so the less people are, the more people are just hunkered down in their own home and with their own social group, the more isolated and um in in a in uh, we are unable to really communicate and drive some of these issues forward that we're seeing in, in our in our communities. We we strive also to reach into the elementary, middle school, and <coughs> high school grades to help students understand that that perspective of service. And um, an example coming up very in the near future here, our Martin Luther King Day celebration is mm-hmm. all around service, and we hold uh, a day of service, and we engage youth, and we have an awards program for middle school students that are, are working in the community to do unique uh, unique things. And we recognize and honor that value of service uh, at all levels. Um, it not only helps young people think about who they are and what they want to be, but also uh, engages their parents a little bit more in helping their children make good decisions. Wonderful. So, uh, Kelvin Afaro, what do we know in a real concrete way about the difference that this makes? Uh, and I suppose we could talk about it in two different ways. I mean, 
what kind of impact is this having on on communities and what kind of impact is this having on individual students on uh, in terms of their learning being enhanced has that been studied in any way or analyzed yeah. Uh, so for the individual student level, there's a lot of different benefits that the research uh, tells us. Uh, the one that I mentioned earlier, which is the development of social emotional skills, yeah. uh, is a very important one. Um, but the uh, the opportunity to then um, work with other group group members in the community and to practice what they're learning in the classroom is is something that is. Uh, enhances their learning because they're, they're, um, there's an old adage of uh, see one, teach one, do one, right? And so mm-hmm. this civic learning model helps to infuse that learning even further. Um, and so, and for uh, the impact that we see of, of community service in general in communities is that uh, we have, again, better partnerships with nonprofits who are doing some of this work. Uh, better uh, opportunity to bridge the divide that exists between higher education and communities, right? So we have the mentality that um, a lot of higher education is like an ivory tower and community members don't feel connected to it. So there's an opportunity to really connect with those community members in an authentic way that honors what communities have to teach higher education and what higher education has to bring to the table and to teach uh, to community members as well. And I think it makes it, it contextualizes the, the learning environment. So students learn better, we know, when they're engaged in their learning experience, right? If we can have students that are practicing accounting and now are providing a service through tax uh, accounting, mm. it, all of a sudden it, makes, it connects the curriculum in the classroom to the community, and, and that is a real rich and learning environment. And so when we try to identify partnerships or projects in the community, the more we can connect it to their own personal interests and how they can leverage that into support for the community, the better the learning experiences for the students. I'm sure. So, uh, uh, Kelvin Alfaro, first of all, how long have you been with Wisconsin Campus <laughs> Compact? This is my seventh month. Okay, so you're still relatively new on the job. Uh, maybe this is a little early to ask you this, but I wonder, do you have, at this point, any goals in terms of where you hope Wisconsin Campus Compact can go from here? Any ways in which you think the work that they do can be uh, maybe enhanced or refocused or, uh, or changed in some way? Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, I've had a, an opportunity to work with a very um, uh, uh, rich group of uh, leaders who are serve on my leadership board, and we have been planning for what Campus Compact could uh, for the state of Wisconsin could work on in the next couple of years. My overall vision for uh, for this position, though, is that I really want to help uh, colleges and universities uh, advance their thinking about what it means to engage in this work and how to integrate it more effectively into the core curriculum. And what does that look like? And what I really have been finding out is that um, how each college or university engages in this work and how I bring what resources I bring to the table have to be very tailored and specific depending on where they are on their learning curve, uh, what type of institution they are, uh, so um, and then also whether they serve prim- primarily uh, rural communities versus urban communities. And all mm-hmm. those variables differ as to how they see this work happening in their campus uh, and then also what I can effectively bring to the table. Ultimately, I think if we can um, have uh, more presidents and chancellors think about this as a great opportunity to um, to solidify student learning and to uh, really bridge 
the communication <laughs> with communities, I think uh, that's going to be a big marker of success uh, for reaching some of these goals. Okay. Yeah, I think part of that identification of, of goals, Wisconsin um, has great pride in history in service. And uh, I think mm. to leverage the organization of Campus Compact to greater visibility, whether it's with um, legislators, elected officials, community college leaders, university leaders, and that will only inspire others to get involved and create a greater network of, of support with other nonprofit organizations. So mm. while we concentrate on colleges and universities, there are other entities within Wisconsin that can add value to the resource question you have, but also to build that uh, support fabric that is needed across our state. Right. Well, towards that end then, uh, who is it that can be involved in Wisconsin Campus Compact? And, and in a sense, who are you hoping to, to reach to, to become part of this? Yeah, so um, our <coughs> primary membership model right now focuses on colleges and universities. Uh, as I've been getting to know folks in the state of Wisconsin, I have also uh, seen the importance of getting to know the nonprofit sector itself because these are very valuable partners. And so uh, I'm looking to partner with nonprofits, uh, other nonprofits, uh, and to really help uh, essentially to be an effective matchmaker between mm-hmm. the work that they're doing and uh, either faculty with research experience or programs within colleges and universities that are a good fit for each other. Um, and then... Uh, Students can get involved with Campus Compact. As I mentioned, two opportunities earlier, the America Vista program and the Newman's Fellows program are both uh, geared at students and uh, not only providing them some resources, but then also um, providing them a structure for them to develop uh, in their personal development. Very good. I think what's great about that is there's so there's a statewide way for nonprofits to get involved. There's also a local way. So if there mm-hmm. are folks listening to the program today and they're thinking, hey, how do I get connected back to Gateway to create a partnership? Um, we have a whole system in place. So um, all you have to do is contact, uh, in this case, Gateway or UW Parkside, and we can connect you to the right faculty, to the right student groups, and really try to build that relationship so that we can leverage the resources of each other's organizations. Fantastic. So if people want more information about Wisconsin Camp- Campus Compact, what's, where's the best place to go? I don't have the most uh, um, memorable URL, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, if if people are interested in getting to know uh, more about the work, they can visit uh, uh, wicampuscompact.org. So wisconsincampuscompact.org. You can certainly just Google us and we'll come up on the first uh, link. Right. And there's all kinds of information there on your website that will... Uh, enlighten people further, that it sounds yep, like. As well as my contact information uh, and ways in which they can get involved. Great. Well, Ke- Kevin Alfaro, it was great to, first of all, hear your wonderful and unique story and uh, and also to learn more about Wisconsin Campus Compact and the important difference that this is making in the lives of a whole lot of students and in, and in the hearts of many communities. So we wish you well with this important work as you go forward from here. And We're really glad you were part of the morning show today. Great. Thank you for having me, Greg. Glad to have you here. And President Brian Albrecht, it's always great to have you here, and we look forward to more conversations in 2020. Very good. Happy holidays, Greg. You too.